This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Subway to Shea podcast, Anthony Rivera here with you talking about all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets, episode 111 from the Subway to Shea studio in my office. A little housekeeping before we get this show started. Huge thanks to Mike Silva, the host of the Talking Mets podcast, for joining the show last week. It's always great hearing his perspective on the Mets. I know he gets a lot of flack for his different takes on Twitter, but you know, I like to listen to opinions of, from all sides, especially when it comes to the Mets. Uh, you can follow him at Mike Silva Media and check out his podcast, Talking Mets. That's talking with no G. Mike Silva of the Talking Mets podcast on to this week's episode and i had prepared a subway series preview with the yankees content creator plans didn't go as expected we fell through a little bit of scheduling issues we're gonna reconvene at some point whether it's a post subway series recap or maybe sometime in the future and hopefully something will happen soon but I thought with what happened over the past couple weeks, I haven't been on since the All-Star break. So I am bringing back, after last podcast, I'm bringing back a guest that helped jumpstart a six-game winning streak. And I know he's going to be excited to talk about that. Uh, And that followed the appearance of Nick Durst. Nick is the host, creator of the You Know I'm Right podcast that he co-hosts with Joe Calabresi. And now we're having Nick on not only to try to start a new winning streak for the Mets, but he launched a podcast, kind of like a relaunching, a revamped podcast for the Believe Network. It's Believe in the Mets podcast, a part of the Believe Network. That's B-L-E-A-V, which uh, we're going to talk about later on in the show today. Nick, it's great to have you on. Long time no speak, my friend. (laughs) Anthony, the ratings came in. They were through the roof. The rave reviews. And me coming on was so nice that you are going to be nice and we're going to do it twice. I'm pumped up and ready to board the subway to Shea here, except we're going to the subway to the Bronx, hopefully to see some orange and blue causing some pinstripe tears. Yeah, and I'll be at the game on Tuesday, so we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. We got to talk about what's been happening with the Mets. Like I said, I haven't been on the podcast. I haven't done an episode since the All-Star break. Did kind of a, you know, recap of the first half, preview into the second half, which I did with uh, Mike Silva, but... The Mets are kind of in limbo right now coming out of the all-star break. It's the, you know, one and two versus the Dodgers, two and one versus the White Sox, one and two versus the Red Sox. They're a four and five record. I saw these stats on Sunday Night Baseball, and I'm glad that someone on Twitter, I don't know who it was, but someone on Twitter had a screenshot from Sunday Night Baseball, and it has all the stats from the Mets since the all-star break. Brandon Nimmo. 194 batting average, two home runs. Batting average still matters, people. Pete Alonzo, 214 batting average, no home runs. Jeff McNeil, 194 batting average. Francisco Lindor, 
0.071 batting average. Two for his last 28. The Mets really haven't made an impact either to buy or completely sell. At this moment, where do you stand, Nick, at the Mets situation heading into the trade deadline? Well, Anthony, let's say they went out going to the trade deadline. They're still under 500, so they need to sell. But I don't know how much sales you're looking at here because none of these guys have a lot of value, especially with their contracts and their age. So maybe you could trade Mark Canna if someone's looking for a fourth outfielder or somebody's hurt. You should definitely trade Tommy Finn. He's having a career year. Try to get something for him. Won't be much though. Dave Robertson, move him because he's got the most value. Hopefully you can get a nice player who's going to be major league ready for next year. And in all these trades, you should really be looking for starting pitchers or bullpen guys. I don't want to be trading these guys, taking on much, keeping the salary or taking on an extra $4 million to get guys like Trevor Gott, who has got to go. He's, I mean, to take on the, the flexing contract from, might as well cut flexing and put him in the bullpen or something because is flexing that much worse? Flexen signed with Colorado, and in his two starts, he's pitching very well. It's it's the prototypical Mets. Because Carlos Carrasco is abysmal right now. The cookie is crumbling, and you can't, you can't trade him. Or who's going to take him? Can you try to trade Jose Quintana if he has a good start here? <laughs> maybe maybe you know everybody always needs a lefty. So I would I would try to trade Fam for sure. I would trade Robertson, but I would definitely re-sign Robertson in the offseason, I would say you need to bring him back and make it a priority. And other than that, I mean, is anyone, no one's trading for Starling Marte with two years left on his deal. Like I said, maybe you could trade Canna. There's no relievers that everyone's going to want. No one's going to want Verlander and Scherzer unless the Mets are going to pay the contract. And it wouldn't behoove them to do that because then you're paying them $40 million each next offseason and you're going to have to go and spend $38 million on Blake Snell. So you're just adding adding to the problem there with the money. So, I mean, it's sad that it's come to this, but that's just what they got to do. So I expect Tommy Pham to be traded for basically nothing. David Robertson, maybe he gets something. And maybe Mark Cannon gets dealt. But with Billy Elper's track record, you're not getting anybody of value that's going to really help this team at any point. Yeah, with Tommy Pham, I'm concerned that the you know, lingering injury is definitely going to, you know, relegate what we get in return for him. I mean, we weren't going to get much anyway. Now that he's, you know, having this injury, is it going to be even a worse deal? So, you know, how much are you going to get for a guy? Is it really worth it trading a Tommy Pham and just getting some prospect that's going to may or may not break into the league. Uh, are we going to get another Drew Smith who, you know, I personally am not a fan of. That's what we traded. Remember Lucas Duda in that, that year that the Mets had a bad year. They traded Lucas Duda. We got Drew Smith. He comes up and he's been mediocre. Trade, though, because Lucas Duda's career was done next year. He had that year with the Royals. Uh, Drew Smith, I mean, he was showing some signs, but then he had the Tommy John surgery. So maybe he's never been the same since that initial major league debut. Well, he had that good start to the season last year, and then he broke his pinky or dislocated his pinky, and he wasn't the same again. Um, He hasn't been the same this season at all. Uh, He's pretty much automatic to give up a run. You mentioned Gott. That was an awful trade with the Flexen deal. I mean, uh, it's just 
been such a struggle for this team all season long. A- ever since that whole, I don't know if it was when um, Alonzo made that comment, uh, keep throwing it. What was it that, do you remember that comment he made in Atlanta? Throw it again. Can throw it again. Ever since then, and then he gets hit. Well, ever since he got hit, that was kind of the, the changing point. Yeah, but- it's just been a tough go around for this team. There's, there just is, there's something lacking from this team. I don't know what it is, a, a, a toughness. Uh, they don't seem to, you know, once they get hit, they kind of lay down. They don't, even from last year, I never liked, even that though they won 101 games, I didn't like that that team got hit the most and never retaliated all but once. And it was Yoan Lopez who we never saw again to, to make the one pitch to hit someone on St. Louis. And actually, I don't even think he hit anyone. I think that barely uh, braised Nolan Arenado and, you know, the, 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 there's a bench clearing brawl, but, you know, trying to get back into, what do you, you, what do you think, Anthony, when next time they play the Braves, you got to hit Acuna, right? They did hit Acuna. After the Alonzo got hit? Not right after the Alonzo got hit, but I, I know that in one of the last series that they had, I know that they hit Acuna. And then I think there was a, some sort that the Braves hit someone. I, I don't know. I just, there's something lacking uh, from I this just hate team. The Braves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we there's no one I think that's a Met fan that is a fan of the Braves just by watching them either. The fan base is is rough to deal with on Twitter, but uh, yeah, this Mets team. If you're going to you know start trading these people, I think Mark Can is probably going to be one of the guys to definitely go. He's been the healthiest of the of the players right now, and uh, he's probably not going to bring back much of value because he's what maybe a third outfielder, definitely a fourth huh. outfielder for sure. Up after the season, yeah. If we could get something out of a reliever or you know some kind of start pitcher that's you know 26th or 27th in line I, I, I really don't know what they can possibly do at the trade deadline and you know even with Robertson let's get into Robertson because that was going to be my next topic here you know he's not excited about leaving or about being in these trade talks he's happy being in New York um He's played a lot of his career in New York. You talk about him being in the Bronx uh, with the Yankees. This season, he's 4-2. and two. He's got 2.08 ERA, 14 saves. And honestly, I don't want to trade him. I know you could get the most for him. I get it. I know you could get the most in. You could try to re-sign him. And how many pitchers have really re-signed with their team outside of our oldest Chapman? I don't, I don't hear that many of those guys doing that. And if he's not excited about being traded, you know, everyone says it's a business, but you know, maybe for some players it's not, he's his own agent. Um, and you know, he, he took a pretty decent deal to come here. Uh, the Mets need relievers. You know, you trade David Robertson. Who's closing now out is maybe Rayleigh. And then what Trevor God, we got to see more of, we got to see more of Drew Smith and Dominic Leone. Like I had enough seeing them already in, in games that we didn't get to see, um, Robertson and Rayleigh and Adavino. Season where they have Reyes. I don't know where they got that guy from. He couldn't pitch. Jose Buto. I mean, Buto, like Tommy it, Hunter. Can't forget about him. They keep bringing Tommy Hunter back. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to see David Robertson and Edwin Diaz get that run. Uh, yeah. Even if it's next season, I really wanted to see that. So I, you know, I'm kind of being a little selfish. I, I really want to see these guys, you know, team up. And I don't want to go into post trade deadline with nothing to watch and nothing to look forward to when it comes to going to these baseball games because I, I got a ticket package and you know I still got to go to probably about you know nine or ten more games. 
Oh it's going to be a ghost town if they completely sell at the trade deadline. Now, if these, if this ticket package they got, you got, do they give you parking or you have to pay for parking? You got to pay for your own parking. Oh, my. $40 for nine more times. Oh, my gosh, Anthony. It's nuts. I mean, I, I could take the train if I want to. It's just being from New Jersey, it's it's a lot longer of a ride if you're taking the train to the bus. And I can tell you that. That's I'll a- just take you to drive to City Field from New Jersey. And do you go through Manhattan? How do you get there? So I go to FDR Drive, RFK Bridge, into Queens. So you pass LaGuardia and all that. It's about, if there's no traffic, it's about 45 minutes. Now, if you're talking about waiting for the bus, getting the bus into the city, getting on the train, the seven train, where, you know, you anything can happen where it could get delayed and you could just be sitting there waiting. You're talking about a full day's worth taking the train to the city field. I, I, I drive in, I park by the marina, and I'm back on the highway and back home in about, you know, 30, 40 minutes. So yeah. I'm in no. Sun Island. So if I were to take, if I was going to take mass transit to the game, probably take me two and a half hours, and I'll take the train to the game, take the train. It's not a possibility for me. And that would mean like, you know, I was like, oh, I want to take the sound ferry. A lot of the first, I either have to drive 30 minutes to the ferry and park and pay. Or I have to drive to a train, take a 30 to 45 minute train to the ferry, get off the, tra- the ferry, take the one train to four, to 34th Street or 42nd, take the one train up. Well, I get the one train, probably take that really short to 42nd Street, jump on the seven train, take that to Queens, forget about it. And then driving is a nightmare without traffic, maybe an hour, 15 minutes, but there's never not been traffic going to city fields from South and the Gowanus and the Belt Parkway, the BQA. Oh, so traffic. I mean, there's been times I went to the subway series last year with my friends. It took us two and a half hours to get there at, at city field. So this season, I haven't gone to a game. I said when, when they lost to the Padres in that game three and I was there, you got to see Jacob DeGrom's last start, which was much better. But I was there. I said, my friends, I'm not coming back next year unless they make some improvements here offensively. And they came back with the same team offensively. And this year, it has not worked out. Well, when I go to the uh, Subway Series at Yankee Stadium, it's kind of a little bit of, the, of you know, a breath of fresh air transit-wise because it's yeah. about, you know, 10, 15 minutes away from the house. So wow. uh, not, not as far. I, I always think to myself, man, what if the Mets, instead of going all the way to Queens, had, you know, remodeled or redone the polo grounds and had been playing right there? It had been literally like a five-minute ride for me. But, you know, if they moved to what Queens. If the, what if the Mets moved to the Meadowlands? Oh, the Yankees were supposed to do something like that, weren't they? Like, didn't George Steinbrenner threaten Probably. to move the Yankees if they weren't playing well, to move them, or if the fans weren't coming to move them? But, you know, it's going to be, speaking of the fans, it's going to be a ghost town at City Field if these guys don't start playing well. Um, they really haven't picked it up. But they've just, like I said, they've just been in limbo. And, man, you want to sell which you've made adamant here. I'm on the side of standing pat. And I'll tell you why. I don't trust Billy Epler to get anything done right at this trade deadline. He's got a past resume in Anaheim, which I will be honest, when he signed, I was happy to have a general manager who had some experience. Thought, you know what, with Steve Cohen's money and, you know, maybe he can make some moves that he wasn't able to make over there. Maybe he could make some trades that he wasn't able to do when he was in Anaheim. And it's pretty much been the same exact thing over again. You mentioned the, the got trade. This guy has given up how many runs? Right, I don't even I think he had maybe one outing in Arizona 
when he first made his debut, where it was maybe a one, two, three inning. Ever since then, I think he has over an 11 ERA. I don't well, know this what. Is supposed to be a, this is supposed to be a guy for the future. A future yeah. future. He'll be on the team next year. You <laughs> look at the team next year. It's Dominic Leone. <laughs> Trevor got another year of Drew Smith. This bullpen and Edwin Diaz, right? Right, Edwin Diaz I mean, and Adam Adovino, if they don't trade him, if he's not a part of any kind of trade talks either. Because, you know, if you're looking for a reliever, I, I'm pretty sure Adam Adovino would be coveted. If, perhaps, if I think he's taken a step back this year. from last Yeah, year. he's one of those relievers that, you know, every other year I feel like yeah, is a good yeah, year yeah, for right. him. Like a, a typical reliever that, you know, every other year could be good, could be bad, juggle and hide type stuff. And that's why I wanted to keep David Robertson because, you know, you look at David Robertson's career. One, he loves pitching in New York, pitch for the Yankees, pitch for the Mets. And two, if you look at his entire career, go on baseball reference, look at his entire career stats. He had two bad years out of his entire career. One was the first year he came into the league, which he didn't pitch that many games. And then the second one was, I think, 2019 coming off of of an injury outside of that the era is three or lower that's a that's a reliever you want in, on your staff but you know if they trade him you know i won't be heartbroken but i'm not for trade for david robertson and i'm not for billy epler making any moves at all um i just don't want him touching the prospects i don't want him touching the main roster maybe it was steve cohen not wanting him to trade any of the prospects last year because look at what he look at what he brought back to us when he traded four players away, including J.D. Davis, who, let's be honest, we all wanted gone at the time. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, you wanted to keep him? You were a J.D. Davis guy? Yeah, I, th- I mean, he had a good season the year before. I thought he was just not getting enough consistent playing time, which we see now with Vientos. I was also in the same boat when they dumped Travis Darno. I thought that was so stupid. And people wanted Michael Coforto out of here as well. And he's, he's having a great year with the Giants as J.D. Davis. And then when I hear that, they gave up J.D. Davis and a bunch of others for Darren Ruff. Immediately, I said this was an awful trade. Darren Ruff, this guy's a career 210 hitter with like 16 home runs. Oh, he's a big power guy, Russ Lofties. That was, I mean, you know, it's funny when that, for the Billy when that trade came in, it was, <laughs> oh, J.D. Davis got traded with three others to San Francisco. That's That was it, right? They didn't say who right, it was. Like, oh, we're and getting Wilmer Flores. Wilmer Flores. I was like, the prodigal son is returning. And then when I was like, Darren Ruff, I was like, is also Wilmer Flores tagged to this trade? And it was just Darren Ruff. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. It was Darren Ruff, and then you got the Vogelback trade, right? Uh, Michael Gibbs that didn't work out at all none of his trades have worked out outside of maybe the chris bassett trade um you know who i was sad to see go the naquin trade was not good that's another one tyler naquin i don't judge billy epler on what he does during free agency because it's an open checkbook yeah and you basically can probably sign whoever you want if he wanted to sign aaron judge and aaron judge wanted to come here he probably could have got aaron judge but i judge billy epler on how he's able to put together what is, to me, the hardest thing to put together on a team, a bullpen and a bench. And he's done none of that well. And he doesn't do well at the trade deadline. And I'm worried that he's going to make even more mistakes when we get to the trade deadline in a week. I I really am. that, And that's why, that's personally why I want to stand pat. I think selling, there's less damage that he could do if you're selling like a tommy fam here what's the downside of trading tommy fam i think you get rid of tommy fam and from there you know you get something better because 
if he trades Tommy Pham, he can't screw things up that much if he's selling him off. Well, if Tommy Pham goes, right, you got an outfield spot available. Also, you can trade Cannon and make an outfield spot available as well. You'll have, you know, McNeil out there. You'll have Marte when he returns and Nimmo's a stalwart in center, in center field right now. So what do the Mets do? post-trade deadline, right? What is the thought process after that? How are you going to get fans into the ballpark? Are you going to play Mark Vientos more? Because that's what fans want to see. Are they finally going to bring up Ronnie Mauricio? And here's Billy Epler's comments about that. Uh, I think actually it was Anthony DeComo that wrote the tweet. He said, uh, one big reason why the Mets didn't call up Ronnie Mauricio when Luis Guillorme went on the injured list uh, this past weekend is because they want Mauricio to become more acclimated to second base and the outfield to newer positions for him uh this is a direct quote from billy epler i'd rather that happen in syracuse than up here adding that mauricio still has offensive bench benchmarks the mets want him to reach as well uh more from epler was that we're really excited with what ronnie's done this season there's a really good future ahead of him. What do you take away from that quote, Art? Do you think we will see Ronnie Mauricio? Because this is what my thought process was, was after the trade deadline was done, if they sold, that the way the fans were going to get into the ballpark is if they brought Ronnie Mauricio up. Because that's how the Mets were going to dangle this. They would they would sell at the deadline. Oh, we're out of the playoffs. You know what we'll do to get fans to come to the stadium? We'll bring up Ronnie Mauricio because everyone wants to see him. I think we'll see Mauricio but not till May. After the Super 2 arbitration period passes next year, they'll call him up in May. Or maybe they don't want to call him up, but if there's an injury, they'll have to call him up like they did with Alvarez. But the fear, Anthony, is that Epler this offseason would trade him for something not good. So I'd be very worried. If, if Epler is still the man in charge and there's no David Stern, I think they're keeping him in the minors so that his trade value stays high. Because what have they done with Mark Vientos this year? They have destroyed his trade value because they're, the way they're playing him makes it look like he's not a major league caliber player. So no shot they see Mauricio this season. They're either going to try to trade him in the offseason to maybe get you know a big-time star here. Maybe they trade him to the Brewers for Corbin Burns or something along those lines. Or they're going to keep him down for the arbitration stuff, and you'll see him like in May when somebody gets hurt. The Mets have this track record of doing stuff like this. So I wouldn't be shocked at all. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if we got to see him the last homestand or the last couple of games of the season. Just just to just a little sprinkle that on you to to have the Met fans see him for a little bit. But yeah, you're right. With the contract situation and trade at the in the offseason, it's quite possible that that something like that happens. You know, the Mets are probably going to be in on Atani. They're probably going to want to try to sign him, although I think a lot is going to lead to him signing with the Dodgers, especially after they, you know, kind of didn't re-sign Trey Turner in the offseason, freeing up all that moon, uh, all that money. They're going to have Urias also. That's also a free agent. So they're going to have a lot of money free. Atani's going to probably going to be so coveted and going to be so expensive that the Mets are going to have to grossly overpay. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, you mentioned David Stearns, and my hope is that if this is true, if David Stearns is coming to be the president of baseball operations that Steve Cohen tells Billy Epler, I don't want you do it, doing anything outside of getting rid of some of these contracts and trying to get, bring in some prospects outside of that. You do not touch the farm system 
and you don't touch our top prospects. Outside of that, you can trade, you know, Fam, Canna, you can trade Robertson, Rayleigh, those guys you can trade. But after that, I don't want you trading any of the prospects until Stearns gets in here. So the other thing that that's interesting here, Anthony, and we saw it this year in the draft, the Mets lost 10 spots in the draft. They, they dropped down 10 spots because of their salary situation. Now, right now they're heading towards the top 10 pick. So I don't know what the, what the CBA rules are. If, it's, if, if, if you're in the top 10 worst record-wise, if that's a protective pick. But if not, this team's going to go from maybe picking 8th to 18th. That's a big jump, especially when you got to retool this farm system here. So that's maybe something to keep in mind here at the deadline of are they going to be able to maybe shed some salary if that's a rule, if you're in the top 10 in the draft, but you're over – the luxury tax and you're hitting the steep Cohen tax, then that's just something you have to have to consider. Yeah. It's going to be something that they're going to have to consider every year that they, you know, are potentially are, you know, over that luxury, you know, tax uh, threshold. Uh, I know this year they got moved. Like we said, you, you said they moved down 10 spots, but you know, they did get lucky a, you know, a pro- I think it was, was it Colin Hook? I'm not great with the prospects. I'll have to look it up later. But the, this prospect that they they got at the 32nd spot was supposed to go like top 15. And he dropped because people didn't want to pay him. These teams didn't want to pay him. So he fell right to the Mets. That's not going to happen every time. But uh, the Mets lucked out this year. That's for sure. Well, two years ago, Kamal Rocker fell to them. And they didn't sign him. So but he ended up getting Tommy John. But who knows? With this draft, I don't pay too much attention to the draft. Because it's kind of like... We drafted the sky, and we'll see you in five years, maybe. Yeah, I'm a type of guy, and uh, I don't pay attention to prospects until they're, you know, we start hearing their names on the, you know, the major league broadcast that they're, you know, almost coming up. They're getting ready to go. Uh, you know, if anything, and I give a whole bunch of credit to these guys, you know, the Joe DeMeos of the world who cover, you know, the prospects, those are definitely the guys you need to listen to and go to when it comes to, you know, the prospects. So besides that, you know, I'm more focused on what this roster is going to do, uh, who they're going to trade for. And then these guys like Joe DeMeo, once like these trades happen, maybe with fam and cannon you bring in prospects they fill in the blanks with where to slot these guys in you know the top 50 of of mets prospects um once again i'm here with nick durst host of believe in the mets podcast that's b-l-e-a-v he's also the creator of the you know i'm right podcast let's talk about the subway series coming up mets 46 and 53 yankees 53 and 47 in last place in a crazy american league east division uh tuesday justin verlander who's four and five with the 3.47 era goes up against domingo herman five and six with a 4.52 era he's coming off of a perfect game not too while ago against oakland wednesday jose quintana gets his second start of the season i thought his first start was pretty good for coming back off of the il uh, he's 0-1 with a 3.60 era versus carlos rodon who has not been good at all 0-3 with a 7.36 ERA, what do you want to see in this series from the Mets? Do you want them to lose out so that they can sell at the trade deadline?
deadline? Do you want to see a little bit if the Mets can make some moves here? If they can, you know what, take two games or, you know, just want to see him take one game? I knew coming out of the All-Star break that the Dodgers series and the Red Sox series were going to be the two toughest ones leading up to the trade deadline. Um, I wasn't as concerned about the Yankee series, but I am a little concerned now. The Yankees were, you know, kind of getting to where they were going to be left for dead at the bottom of the division. And every time they're getting close to, you know, falling apart, they play a team like the Kansas City Royals or the Minnesota Twins, these teams that they own and then they sweep and then they're back in it. And then they're going to play the Mets and the Mets might put them back in it because they do that to for a lot of teams. They help a lot of teams get back into, you know, playoff contention. That They, they were supposed to take care of the St. Louis Cardinals and they helped them uh, get to, a, you know, a, a little better standing on their, uh, in, in the central so I, I i don't know where this is i would like to see a, a sweep like i wanted to see last time and they could have done it if scherzer didn't you know blow his game but where are you with the mets in this series uh, do you are you done like are, are you done with this team and are ready to just completely sell and be done with it or are you like me kind of still wanting some sense of hope some sense that they can get back in this anytime it comes to mets versus yankees i want blood i want the mets to sweep the yankees i hate the yankees i hate their fans they're entitled okay the mets i want them to go out there and sweep the subway series here get the two wins in the bronx but i don't think it's gonna happen if i had a forecast here i think the mets will lose tuesday night verlander maybe walks a few guys or something and uh big bounce back game for herman and then i think they will win wednesday i think rodon is gonna get booed big time his last start is in los angeles in anaheim and he did not pitch well and he's getting frazzled by this handful of yankee fans there that are booing him he's blowing them kisses He's going to get booed. He's going to get blown up. And I think Quintana will have a, another good start. And maybe we'll see Quintana get traded, which would be wild. Two starts in the Mets' career. He's out of there. But I want the Mets to win both of these games. I want the Mets to win every game going to the trade deadline. I'm never going to root for the Mets to lose. This is this is not the NFL where <laughs> it matters to lose. I want the Mets to win. I want them to, to somehow go on a run. I just don't think they have it in them this year because – well, they haven't shown much to us. Right. That's for sure. It's a huge game for the starting pitchers, right? It, if these two guys, if Verlander and Quintana can somewhat give us six, seven innings, the Mets will have a good shot at winning because they've the shown. So bad. <laughs> but they but they have shown. If they go seven, starting, yeah. But if yeah. they go six, it's iffy. Yeah. If you have to get into the bullpen early against the Yankees, and I don't care if Aaron Judge is not on the team, the way this bullpen has pitched, it's possible that even the Kansas City Royals can take advantage of the Mets. They've been taking advantage all season long uh, outside of if you can get Rayleigh in there in, in time, if you could get Adovino in there on time and, and David Robertson. So for the Mets to sweep this series, Verlander, Quintana going to have to go seven. Uh, Quintana could go six, or if he could be economical and with his pitch count, give us seven. That would be great. But yeah, like you said, the Mets have not given us any sign that there's going to be this, you know, turnaround, this kind of renaissance of, you know, making that run. They have not done it at all. We thought that they were going to do with the six game winning streak and that was for nothing and then the Mets they you know then they lose four in a row then they win three in a row and now they've lost two in a row that's it's my that's my telltale sign for the Mets how do they react after winning a few games and then after that first loss 
And what they always do is they always give those games back. Yeah. And, you know, really, this is the thing, Anthony, that drives that really drives me crazy. Okay. Right now with the wild card, you have the, the Marlins who are not doing so well over their last 10 games. Okay. Two and eight. The Giants have lost six straight. Okay. And the Phillies are playing 500. This, they could have made up so much ground here if they just win two more games, but they just can't do it. And it's the same story every series. You got either good pitching and bad hitting or bad hitting or, or good pitting and bad pitching. And you got guys like Dominic Leone and Trevor Gott getting got and blowing the game. And then the young guys hit, or, and then that means the vets don't hit. And the vets hit, and the young guys don't hit. There's no consistency here with this no. team. And they could have they could have been back in it by now. They could have. Yeah. And that's been the theme of this whole season. Inconsistency from the offense, from the starting pitching, from the bullpen, from the front office, from the manager, a whole bunch of inconsistency and you know, I look at what the Mets need is a stopper and they don't have that. Scherzer has not been that guy this season. He's lost every big game the Mets have needed all season long. And you can go back to the last two games of the season. You can go back to that playoff game uh, in game one against the Padres last year. And, you know, even Verlander. Uh, Verlander has kind of turned it around. But even him, when there's a big game, he, he struggled in. Or, you know, he'll pitch good. And like you said, the offense won't hit. It's just been inconsistency. And that's all we have been getting, you know, from these Mets uh, all season long, which uh, is frustrating. To end on a good note with the Subway Series, I want to hear from you. What is maybe your big moment uh, from the Subway Series at Yankee Stadium? Well, for me, I mean, that was so many great moments just in the series. Of course, David Wright's walk-off against Mariano Vera is great at Chase Stadium. But as far as the best moment, <laughs> it's got to be the, the very first game. Dave Malecki shot out the Yanks in Yankee Stadium, 6 nothing win. I mean, that was that was pretty pretty big time. And, you know, that whole, that whole, that whole era was just nuts. And that was... Mm-hmm. That was that was crazy, but I think you know, sadly, <laughs> this I think that's that's the top that's the top one. Also, Ahmed Rosario's walk off home run at Yankee Stadium was awesome in 2020 against Aroldis Chapman, who melted down. Mm-hmm. And for me, my all time my all time Subway Series favorite is when I did the day night doubleheader at Chase Stadium and Yankee Stadium. Hey man, they uh, lost both of those games. Yeah, but Carlos Salgado, he had like he had. Eight or nine RBI. Oh, the second time that they did yeah. it. I'm and, thinking um, all the way back he, to 2000. He ended up because remember he hit a foul ball off the foul off the foul pole yes. to the home run, and that instituted replay of the home runs. So historic, historic day for Carlos. I like totally forgot about the second time that they did that. I, every time I think of the day night doubleheader, I think of 2000. Doc Gooden beating the Mets at Shea Stadium. Night game happens. Piazza gets hit in the head by Clemens. That's my lasting memory of the day-night doubleheader. But, you know, for me, anytime, you know, the Mets faced Roger Clemens, they basically owned him, except in, you know, obviously in the World Series. It's probably the most important time, and they didn't get him there. But Piazza with that big grand slam off of uh, Clemens, he had some mammoth home runs off of Clemens. Uh, you, you mentioned the Dave Malicki one. That's that's probably the ultimate moment, the first Subway Series game. You know, that spanned. We're going to go from 99 to about, you know, 2008 maybe 
that was when the subway series really meant something. And I feel like it's lacking whether, you know, I mean, the Mets have been awful for most of that, right? Uh, last year's was pretty good. I really did like, uh, you know, 2021 subway series, especially on the anniversary of nine 11. I think it was a 20 year anniversary. Uh, that was a good one. Um, but outside of, years that they're both good like 2006 when they were really both good in top of the division uh last year if one team's bad the other team's good there is no you know there's nothing to the subway series yeah especially when they do these the two game series and the two game series and just like they're constantly always playing these series on a tuesday and wednesday, yeah. wednesday growing up like or when we were younger and this series started, like it was always Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it was a you know full weekend thing, a lot of buzz going there. It's just not what it once was at this point. No, no, you don't have that, you know, that big time rivalry feel. You get it from the fans. That you get for sure. There'll always be that. But you know, you don't have the Piazzas and Edgardo Alfonso's Mets versus Jeters and and the core fours Yankees. You don't get that feel anymore like you did or Wright and Reyes, you know, versus A-Rod and G. You don't get that right. anymore like we used to. But um, dude, I appreciate you coming on always. Uh, this is your <laughs> second time in three weeks, my friend. I'm uh, very happy to have you on and thank you for coming on short notice i (laughs) I sent you a text i think it was like friday night saying i need i might need you so i appreciate you coming on but there was more to it i just didn't need someone to fill in uh this spot because i wanted you to promote your podcast and that's what we're going to do right now the believe in the mets podcast which uh just got relaunched uh under the new title uh, for the believe network nick durst is the host Tell everybody about it, social media, everything, what you got working on, my friend. All right. So like Anthony mentioned before, earlier at the top, of course, the creator and co-host or the host of the You Know I'm Right podcast, talking about the last time. So go check that out on Twitter, Instagram, at YKIR Podcast. Subscribe to that. Some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, interviewed by me. Now, the Mets podcast on Believe Network. Go subscribe to that. I mean, it's just been great talking Mets as of late. And we're off to a great start with that series, as we'll call it, and the launching it for them there. And yes, I'm the host. We are on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Believe in the Mets. That's B-L-E-A-V-I-N-T-H-E-M-E-T-S. Believe in the Mets. And some good stuff there. The first episode I did just with me, but anybody who knows me knows I love to do interviews. So I bring on some guests here. The second episode is out and it was featuring David Brody from Z100 back in the day and the Brooklyn huge Mets podcast, fan. huge Mets fan. He sat in Alex Cohen's suite last week on Wednesday night when the Mets won and you were there as well, Anthony. And he gave you the whole account of what it's like to sit in the suite for the game. And then the Subway Series preview out as well and that is with Corey parson the fantasy exec he's on the morning show at better sports network so he's a yankee fan we went back and forth at it a bit and some more good guests on the horizon and really looking forward to it and yeah check us out believe in the mets and you won't regret it. believe in the mets b-l-e-a-v part of the believe network and i know i know this is a mets podcast and the i the you know i'm right podcast if you are a you know a fan of media like 
Nick and I am. If you like to hear about the inner workings, how people got started, yeah, that's definitely a podcast you want to uh, definitely. And if you're a to. Mets fan, you listen to WF fan, you, you watch SNY. We've had a, pretty much everybody on the show. You can hear how they got to where they are because I know a lot of people listening right now. You know, they want to be in the shoes of these broadcasters, and so do you and I. So. Find out how they got there by listening to their interviews. Nick, again, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate you for coming on. And uh, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Even, you know, we text all the time, but, you know, having you on the podcast and getting you to talk, it's like just having a good old conversation about our team. And I, I appreciate that, man. So you have a great one. You take care. It's always a pleasure. We're going to do this again. That is obvious especially if we get another six game win streak right now yes i just yeah it might be just reoccurring it will just keep this, the the winning streak going thanks, all right man. nick thanks so much man i appreciate you thank you all right you can follow subway to shay on twitter at and instagram and tiktok at subway to shay listen and subscribe to the subway to shay podcast on apple podcasts or spotify turn on your notifications to never miss an episode of subway to shay you can rate the show leave comments help me out help this podcast continue to grow we've done so well over the last couple of years and it's all because of you so i appreciate you and i thank you all very much also subway to shay is on youtube make sure to hit that subscribe button so you can get all the notifications notifications and updates from my channel you can also leave comments there huge thumbs up if you enjoy or thumbs down if you're not enjoying but i'm hoping there are many more thumbs up than there are thumbs down there will be a clip from this podcast episode on there as well and uh, don't forget to follow my work for rising apple rising apples a new york Mets site on the fan sided network you can read my articles by going to risingapple.com and make sure to follow rising apple on twitter at rising apple blog and the fan sided network at fan Thank you everyone for tuning in and for Anthony Rivera. This is the Subway to Shea podcast.